Hello and welcome to another episode of the Boys in Red and White podcast. My name is Tom Dow and I'm joined as always by my best friend Andre Grayson. Hello Mr. Dow. Hello. That was the wrong intonation. (laughs) The wrong intonation. (laughs) I've really, the listeners have one thing they ask for. Hello Mr. Dow. That's better. That is better. That is better. I was thrown off by my own chant, you see. (laughs) (laughs) Um... Yeah, I mean, you've thrown me off because I wasn't expecting you to do the chant. Um, amazing. Whoa! Saliva! Wow, 40 seconds. I thought we'd do better than that. Yeah, it's been 40 seconds of uh, pure quality entertainment for our listeners. So, uh, yeah, really good. Um Okay, so just to just to kick us off, obviously the last time we recorded was uh, following Leicester, so we did a bit of a review of that. Since then, we have continued our fine form in the Premier League with a comprehensive and decisive three 0 victory um, over Bournemouth at the Vitality Stadium. So it's been another good week, and probably why we are doing yet another podcast so close to the to the last one. So yeah, it's all good. Um, obviously. Slightly different experiences this week because I was fortunate enough to, to to land myself a ticket, and obviously it was it was it was really really hard and disappointing being at a game and not having you there with me, Andre, mm. um, because I've just grown accustomed to doing that, and it's it's something <laughs> we do together, um, and it doesn't feel right when one of us isn't there. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. Um, but they were they were they were like gold dust. Um, you, you've shared your frustration at the size of their ground, but um, how um, how was how was the Vitality Stadium? Well, it was it's my third visit down there, so I went uh, for Mikel Arteta's first game in charge. Actually, when we drew one one, um, mm. so that was obviously a, a very different experience to what we had on on Saturday because that experience was very much. Uh, thinking about the future, trying to see what Arteta might be doing. And he, he'd only been at Arsenal for a matter of days. So it was very difficult to see any sort of tangible progress since mm. the departure of Unai Emery. But that was that was an experience, but it was quite a, um, a muted experience within the way when I went there. And then I went a few um, weeks later when we drew them in the FA Cup and we, and we won 2-0. And that was a, a far more optimistic experience. But this was totally different to either of those experiences that I've had at Vitality. And it was because there was this carnival atmosphere from the, the very first minute. Now, it's very easy to say that that's because we scored twice in, in the first 11 minutes. But it started before kickoff. It grew and it grew. We went 1-0 up. It carried on growing. And then when we went 2-0 up, everyone kind of relaxed and sort of felt, right, this is this is probably game over here. We need the third goal just to be safe. And then we can really have a party. Um, <laughs> but it was, it, was, it was tremendous fun. Um, and what was the takeaway from it, which I know all Arsenal fans are aware of and all Arsenal fans have witnessed and heard, um, was the Saliba chance. <laughs> and that for the first half, I mean, I, I, I sort of lost track of time when I was in the ground, but it felt like it was close to 15 minutes. We were just singing it, it back, it, back, it, back to forth. <laughs> it, 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 as a watcher on TV, let me tell you, it was 15 minutes and it got to the point where it was like, I need, I need them to stop. I was like, this is getting firmly like imprinted in my brain. And you know, it was so loud. I can't explain to you watching through the TV just how loud it came across. I know it's a small ground, but let me tell you, I probably haven't 
regretted being at a game more than that because I I highly doubt we're going to have many more games where it is literally a party. And when a new song is born, it is just the best. It is just the best. And I have to say, I did think you were going to throw a curveball because I believe, was there not a song for a Mr. Granite Xhaka as well? There was a song for Mr. Granite Xhaka and that was really nice as well because it just kind of felt like his time at Arsenal has almost come full circle since the whole debacle of him um, losing the captaincy, throwing his shirt to the ground, um, gesturing towards the supporters. And it really felt like he's completely turned it round. There's always going to be some that feel like he shouldn't be representing Arsenal Football Club. So those people, I say, just go go do one because he is performing at a level which he's not performed at for Arsenal previously. He's had good spells at Arsenal and he's been an integral part of this team for quite a while now but he's really stepped his game up um, at the start of this season and he just looks like a different player and I thought it was really nice when he did go off there was um, an effort to to sing his name and I'm sure the fact that you, you everyone's aware of it online I'm sure he's aware of it as well but it was it is it's a really really nice nice atmosphere and a really nice end to that game as well mm. No, it really was. It really was. I think we should get stuck into to, uh, what was on the pitch, not just off it. Uh, I mean, we started like a house on fire. Have you... When was the last time you have seen Arsenal be that dominant in a Premier League match? Because it was, it was sensational. It really was. Um I, do you know what? I, I'm struggling to really identify a point because even when we have beaten teams comfortably, there's always felt like there's spells where we're under the cosh a little bit. And on Saturday, we just were for 90 minutes solid. We were on the ball. We were creating chances. We weren't letting them create chances. Okay, Ramsdale had to make a. He didn't have to make a save until maybe like the was it the 80th minute or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's from um, the the roof header. Was that right? Uh roof. Kimar Roof, did he play? Or am I making that up? Who was up front for them? I don't... Uh, <laughs> Kiefer Moore. Oh, that's who I'm talking about. <laughs> where did I get Roof from? Key... No, I he don't plays know. for Rangers, doesn't he? I believe he is still at Rangers, yeah. Yeah, what, what am I talking about? Right, okay, I might have to cut this bit because I'm, I sound like a, a no, fucking no, idiot. No, 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 no. <laughs> Kiefer Moore. Kiefer Moore is about eight foot tall as well. <laughs> I actually thought he was their best player. I mean, I actually, did, yeah. I, I think I've... Have I mentioned him in the other pod? I don't know. I talked about a tall player before. I swear I mentioned him. I thought he'd... I thought he looked um, quite good at what he did. But, I mean, they are... They're not great, which is the only caveat to all of this. But even still, I just haven't seen us... Maybe Norwich away last season. Yeah. I haven't seen us... But even then, this was different. This was authoritative. This was the game was won in fifteen minutes, um, and I still think, Tom, you know, it was down to one man again because the way Gabriel Jesus creates that first goal is absolutely phenomenal. And watching the All or Nothing documentary and seeing Lacazette and remembering that, who, by the way, Lacazette started like a house on fire in France. I don't know if you've noticed. He scored in every game he's playing. Has he? Um, yeah. yeah. So, so, so is Flo Balogun, though, so don't worry about it. Exactly. Three and three. Three <laughs> and three. Um, so, but the, the point I'm trying to make is that goal just doesn't happen last season. 
not of a course chance. it doesn't. But there is no way we score a goal even remotely similar. So this is why I think as Arsenal fans, we're struggling to contain ourselves. Because last season, we saw a lot of green shoots. We saw a lot that we thought, if we had X, and nearly always it was a striker, you know, God, wouldn't we feel good about life? And when you see this striker beating three players, making a great um, selection in the final third, Shane Martinelli didn't score or square it to Odegaard, but he's going to take it on. He's full of confidence. Okay, we need Odegaard to score. Brilliant, scores a brace. But Gabriel Jesus just makes that first goal. And as I said last week, we are a team that when we go 1-0 up, it changes everything for us. It changes everything for us. And he's cracked open two games out of three this season. So I've got nothing but just sheer, I don't know, excitement. Almost, I'm almost, I think what sums it up is I'm scared about him getting injured already. We've had him for three games. And I'm, I'm almost going, if he gets out for any period of time, we're fucked. Yeah. Um, no, just going, going back to that first goal again, just... Like I remember specifically saying um, saying to the person next to me when the ball went up into the air from Ben White's um, attempted pass, <laughs> um, I I just went, oh, what was that? You don't, and then you don't think we worked we're... on it? Uh, no, I don't. Please, please tell me you had another Benteke moment. Um, I, well, at that point, I said, what what was that? And then obviously Gabriel Jesus as taking it down whilst turning, whilst having a player on his back. And his first touch is impeccable to take him forwards. Then he's beaten two players and then play that lovely little reverse pass to, to Martinelli. It's absolutely incredible centre forward play. And I'm, I, I'm, I'm like you, I'm, I'm worried about him not being there and not being fit. Um, fortunately, I don't think he's had too many periods in his time in England where he's been out for that lengthy a time. Oh, but well, we can change that. We can Arsenal. change that. Don't you worry. Our <laughs> medical team know what they're doing, son. Don't you worry. <laughs> um, but no, it was just, it was, it was fantastic. And then obviously the second goal, um, almost funny that Martinelli takes it off of Gabriel Jesus's toes. Um, albeit I think he was in a better position to finish it off. Um, and then the third goal. Do we want to get onto that yet, or should we wait a bit longer? <laughs> uh, well, I think we we well well. Were there any other? Was there anyone else who who in that first half really stood out for you? Because what was interesting is we really dominated the ball. But um, I mean, I, well, I'm sort of leading this because I thought Alexander Zinchenko yeah. was he was good against Leicester. He was the orchestrator from left back. No, he wasn't playing left back. He was on the right side of midfield. He was playing, swapping with Xhaka. He was found up the left wing. But the two times, what have I been worried about with him and what haven't I seen from an, an Arsenal player or team in a long time? It was the two, he was last man defending and nicked it off. Uh, I can't actually remember who it was. It might have been Moore. Oh, it was a lovely touch. I think it was Moore. Uh, but then there's another moment where he's defending one-on-one, really patient, really patient, nicks it off him and plays up the pitch. There was also the one where it's over the shoulder, he takes a touch and away we go. Yeah. He is so composed and actually he's revolutionising what we're doing in possession. But I thought first half, we played to his beat. Yeah. Um, when you preface that question by saying, who was there anyone else who stood out? Um, he was the one that jumped out to me because he just 
He's so calm on the ball. He's so good technically. Um, there was one moment that almost caused me a heart attack in the first half where he tried to nutmeg someone on the edge of our own yes. box. Yeah, that was, that was too much. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, what are you doing? I like confidence, but what the hell are you doing there? Um, but apart from that, he was he, he was almost flawless. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's a testament to him that it's very difficult to identify where he's playing. Um, I do think this makes uh, an enormous problem for Kieran Tierney now um, because he comes in and he can't he can't play like that. He plays a very different game than Zinchenko, and I think I still think there will be occasions when Tierney is very very valuable. But Zinchenko has made himself undroppable at the moment. Mm. He 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 has he has the way he started life. But but the only thing I'd say is that Tierney's is that different fullback, and for me, where I get and this is again why I'm really trying hard to keep myself grounded because I take from the, the Palace game where Tierney comes on, mm. does something different and we score because he's halfway up the pitch. We have no idea why from a Ramsdale goal kick, putting himself about in a way that Zinchenko doesn't. So yeah. having that balance, there'll always be time for them. I always go back to a really bizarre game, which was when Juventus beat Spurs in a Champions League match and the manager brought on Stefan Licksteiner of all players. But what it did is they switched to a back five. And it was like, what are they doing? Anyway, but what it meant was he was overlapping down the right and did something different. And they scored two goals from Stefan Licksteiner crosses and turned the game round. It was one of these bizarre things where it was just that tactical tweak. We have not had the ability to make tactical changes of any significance in any way for several seasons now. Mm. And I think what's exciting about Arteta and the five subs is there might come a time where actually you want Kieran Tierney's overlaps. There might be space in behind and you can say, right, we're going to change it up here. Zinchenko can still stay on, for example, and play sentiment or whatever. But actually the space is in the overlap and that is what Tierney's speciality is. So I think that's what's exciting is it's not the writing on the wall for anyone. Mm. And that's that for me is where I am so excited where this team could go. And also, you know, ultimately, Kieran Tierney, his biggest problem has been staying fit. We might not have signed Zinchenko if he had stayed fit for two years, but we'd already be in the Champions League if he had. So it's quite it's quite difficult to know what's best to do. But of course, we can only go so long before we talk about not our summer signing, but feels like a summer signing because William Saliba is just, I mean, he looks so incredible defensively. We definitely didn't bring him in to score goals like that. (laughs) (laughs) It was, it was a game that it was, the script was almost written for him to do something like that. Um, Obviously, for the best part part of the first half and into the second half, we were just singing his name and, It was written in the stars for him to produce a moment like this, like that. And the only thing that I disliked about the whole thing, the whole move, was that when he scored, he ran off into towards the Bournemouth oh, fans. Oh, where's he going? Why is he not gone towards the Arsenal fans? He's right in the corner, ready to go. And I think his momentum has just taken him in the opposite direction. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I'm thinking, William, what are you doing? Why are you going over there? But um, yeah, um, it's, it was a fantastic finish. Um, a nice little set piece routine with Odegaard and Martinelli on the right hand side. Whipped it into the box, falls to Jack at the far post. 
simple cutback, but then the finish is, I mean, I texted you and said that it reminded me of uh, Thomas Rosicki at Anfield in, I think it was 2007 in the FA mm-hmm. Cup, um, albeit a right-footed finish. And you correctly identified the Patrick Vieira against Manchester United in 97 as a very similar strike. And there's something about that, that whipped strike into the far corner that just looks so aesthetically pleasing. And it was incredible goal. And we knew at that point, game over, and it's about how many we get at this point. And obviously, we had the disallowed goal, um, had a few chances later on, but controlled the game for the entire second half as well as the first half. So, yeah, really exciting. And William Saliba just gets better and better. Um, I've been so impressed with him in the first three games. Um, I had watched a little bit of him in France, last season and I thought he looked like a good player but I think he's taken his game up to another level um mm-hmm. in, even even from last season where he got he was in um he got voted young player of the season last year didn't he in France mm-hmm. and he's t- he's just pushed on again and we really need to make sure we sort his contract out because we don't want to be losing him no no we do not but I've seen good news in the press Yes, so have I. So have I. I've seen quite a few reports to say that it's it's potentially all but done. Um, and when he's getting that sort of adjuration from the supporters and he's in a team that's playing well and he's playing, then it's it's going to be a, a big factor in terms of keeping him. So hopefully mm-hmm. that's not going to be a problem. And hopefully in the not too distant future, we'll be able to uh, say that Saka and Martinelli have signed on as well. But uh, Absolutely. That's, that's probably a, a comment for another day. Absolutely. No, his face at the end of the game was just amazing. He was sort of overcome with emotion. The song for him, the strike, everything. Um, I think the fans, we've come so far, you know, those away ends, the toxicity that has long been at those grounds. I I remember I went to Bournemouth away where we lost 2-1. Bellerin put us 1-0 up and they turned us around. Um, And I just remember no one gave, no one really cared it was just like, oh yeah, losing to Bournemouth. It was like the first time we ever lost to a team like that in our history. And you know, it's just embarrassing. Yet no one cared. And seeing how much everyone cared, loved it and enjoyed it, it's just such a testament to how it's turned around. Um, I think one of the things that's really interesting as well is we saw Manchester City drop points. Yeah. We saw Liverpool lose to another lower league side. Um, we saw Chelsea get hammered by Leeds and we saw Spurs I have to say the first half they got torn to shreds but did did um, probably just about deserve to win but I'm looking around the rivals and I'm sort of going at what point do we go we got a chance here you know (laughs) I know because <laughs> I feel sick. I feel <laughs> sick talking about it. But like, we we do we could we do we dare to dream? Because I know it's only three teams. I know Bournemouth are terrible. I know Leicester are terrible. I know Palace had a terrible preseason. But we just look like a team that could do something special, and. They've got winners. You know, Ramsdale talked about it afterwards, the mentality. I haven't seen Arsenal play like that. I haven't seen Arsenal play like that in a long, long time. My thinking with that, I'm if if we go to Fulham, 
uh, played Fulham on the weekend at the Emirates, and we beat them which we should do on paper and the way we're playing. I know Fulham have had a good start to the yeah, season, but realistically, we should be beating them. Mm-hmm. Um, I think going up to Old Trafford the following week is going to be the test. I know we've got Villa in the midweek as well, um, but I think you are maybe... We are... I may be getting a bit ahead of myself here because obviously there's no given with any game in the Premier League. But Fulham and Aston Villa at home, we should be beating. If well, we've if got we have aspirations. aspirations of top... But that's of top four, if yeah. you ask me. So, yeah, but then I think the real test after that will be going to Manchester United because we have such a historically abysmal record up there. Mm-hmm. And if we can go there and play the team and not the badge like we seem to do every single time we play them and we go up there and beat them, mm. then all of a sudden, I think then you can start going, you know what, we have a proper team here. Um, mm. That's going to be the the big one for me. Um, obviously, you look looking a bit further forward. If we go into October and we're still looking good, that will be a proper test because we've got such a such a horrible run of games. Um, but, but I think look, they are all at home. Um, but I'm thinking if you really want to see where this team is at, I think the first test, the first big test is going to be going to Man United, regardless yeah. of how they started the season. Um, I know they won on Monday night, which you're going to talk about in a minute. Um, but realistically, that's going to be a big test. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I know I'm not getting ahead of myself because also, like I said to you, when I looked at these five games on paper, you do say 15 points. But as I said, I don't think we'll do it. I can't see where, but I don't think we'll do it. But I, I can't work out why either, if I'm being totally honest. So we'll see. We'll <laughs> see. Um, talking of talking of um, Manchester United, I mean, I, I did go. Um, I've always wanted to go to... A different derby. I've never been to a different derby that meant anything because Groundhopper. Well, well, yes, but well, I've done, I've done Old Trafford. I've done Old Trafford, although good badge. Was, yeah, that, uh, that's the point I was getting at the badge. <laughs> <laughs> but I sort of, um, I don't know. I haven't. I've only experienced Arsenal Spurs, which is so emotional as a day, whatever way it goes, and the build up, and it's actually a horrible day. Yeah. Whereas this, you know, apparently there was protest. I'll be honest, didn't really see anything. Didn't really see anything. But the atmosphere, and I've been to Old Trafford numerous times. I don't think I've ever been when there's really something riding on it. Mid-season games, and and inevitably we we haven't we I've never seen us win there uh, in the league. Saw us win in the cup, the Welbeck and Monreal, but it was absolutely fizzing. It was so loud. And the way they started and the fact that like, they hit the post um, and then went 1-0 up and the way Sancho sat Milner down and then tucked it home, it was quite exciting. I was desperate for Liverpool to turn it round, though, just to be amongst the pain. You know, I really felt <laughs> I wanted to see that vitriol from the stands, you know, that real like whatever. I mean, there was a lot of songs about killing Joel Glazer. By most of the stadium, which I've never heard. Yeah. So, and they are horrible Man U fans. I, I know, like, the London ones tend not to be, but whatever. But, like, they were really singing about Hillsborough a lot. <laughs> like, oh, really? A, a lot, a lot. Like, to the point where it was like, wow. 
Really interesting chant about Scousers doing drugs out of an ice cream van, which when I remember the lyrics, I will sing one day, which was quite comical. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but then, you know, they went 2-0 up on the counter. But what was amazing is Liverpool looked totally, totally bereft. And actually, I couldn't resist. I downloaded the Anfield rap, okay, which is the Liverpool podcast, because I, I couldn't believe how bad Van Dijk Alexander-Arnold and Firmino were because I have watched them destroy us. Destroy us. Do you know what I mean? Like Liverpool have been our chief tormentors for a long time now. And Firmino's got a better record against us than anyone. He looked exactly like Lacazette. He played in midfield. He was never up front. Um, I know they've got injuries, Liverpool, but they don't look right. They do not look right. Salah doesn't touch the ball. He doesn't touch the ball. I know he scored. But it's so interesting to me seeing a team close and personal like that. I think Man U were totally swept up by the occasion. Their fans created a raucous atmosphere. It was a free hit. I don't think they've suddenly cracked it, although I do think they've signed a top centre midfielder. Um, But then I thought they signed signed an incredible centre-half in Varane. Um, So it's going to be very interesting to see what happens there. But neither of the sides look settled. Look no. like they they are in sync in tune, um, and I've never seen a bit. I think uh, Luis Diaz is absolutely fantastic, but he doesn't look a shade on Sadio Mane. No, no. Um, I mean, just from from obviously my perspective, I w- I went around my dad's and watched it um, with my dad and my brother, and we just had a bit of a bit bit of a boys' night. And it was uh, it was very pleasant, but um, like you, we we all wanted Liverpool to win just to see the uh, the torment to Manchester United and just to see them collapse even further into themselves. Um, but there's something funny about watching Liverpool struggle as well. So oh, that's 100%. that that kind of uh, as much as I it wasn't a result I wanted, it was still a result that I quite enjoyed. <laughs> Win-win, win-win, 100%. Win-win, absolutely. But looking at Liverpool, it's just, I feel like, although they're defensively atrocious, um, Joe Gomez and Van Dijk looked on different wavelengths. Trent Alexander-Arnold, just great going forward. Defensively looks very, very suspect. Um, And a friend of the podcast, Matt Riggs, he uh, commented that he's really looking forward to Martinelli having a go at... uh, (laughs) Trent Alexander-Arnold when we play them in October. So. <laughs> well, well all, all I'm seeing, all I'm seeing, I suppose what I'm trying to say is I don't fear anyone. I don't fear anyone right now. I'm not scared about a fixture. I'm not scared and looking at the fixtures going, oh God, like the season will be fun, but I'm dreading that game. Yeah. And I think that's just from early signs, right? And it could be totally different. Like I think the Man U game will be tough. And if they go on a bit of a run now, embed Casemiro next to Ericsson with Fernandez, that's a pretty strong team. Mm. Um, you know, that they've got ways they can hurt us. But even getting out of that with a draw, if you ask me, would be would represent an interesting, interesting uh, proposition for us. So it's it's look, I think all in all it's it's a pretty exciting time. It's hard not to get carried away. And when you're winning, it's really hard not to just say, yep, another one ticked off. What should we chat on the podcast about? But it is so exciting watching our team evolve, especially seeing how other teams have started this season. But it is just three games, which I think is just a footnote, really, to just mention 
the parallels from last season where we were, I remember I was actually in Spain and we'd lost 5-0 to City and we recorded a podcast and I remember saying, well, if we don't beat Norwich, do you think he's got to go? And just to where we are now, it is quite beautiful and we know so much can change and I'm, I'm prepared for a lot of pain as well as hopefully a lot of success, but it is quite incredible at this inflection point, inflection point, to go, what a turnaround it has been and how much fun the journey has been so far. Yeah, absolutely. Um, before we move on, I do have a, a question from one of our listeners, which I, I just mentioned him when that is uh, uh, Matt Riggs, or as we colloquially call, colloquially call him, Aussie Matt. Um, and he was asking, uh, let me just find the question, but he wanted to know... Um, Thoughts on who is the player at the moment? If you had to pick one, who's your favourite player and why? My my favourite player? Your favourite player and why? So, I'm finding this question quite hard because there's so many likeable characters in this squad. Hmm... Who do you reckon? Um... I I have a soft spot for Ben White. For Ben White? I, I love Ben White. There's a clip that you might not even have seen if you didn't watch the whole game back. Well, I've been tripping the guy up. Oh, yeah. Just... <laughs> yeah I've seen it, yeah. <laughs> and he does that. He does it off the ball. I just think, and even watching, he's a weird guy. But even in the all or nothing... His desire to improve, and like they say, how hard he works in training and how much better he gets. But he's he's not a right back. You wouldn't know it. I just, I love Ben White. I really, really love Ben White. There's just something about him. He's got that Monrealness about him. Yeah. So calm and composed on the ball. I like that he's English as well, and he's just seems like a great lad. And doesn't he just doesn't care? He's he's so unfazed by everything and I love that approach I really admire Ben White what about you I'm I'm kind of torn between two I'm torn between Martin Odegaard who I just I, I just think he's such a classy footballer and I think he's a model professional and he just does everything everything looks effortless with him and that's a. If we go back to, I remember when we played Man United last season, and I said to you, he doesn't look doesn't look like he's adapted to the physicality of the Premier League. And then he went and scored immediately after, and then scored at Everton four days later as well. And that kind of, he kind of kicked on from that moment. Um, and the other one I'm torn between is Gabriel Martinelli because Gabriel Martinelli is just a relentless footballer. He never Mm. stops running. He never stops working. And I think he's another one who comes across really, really well in the All or Nothing documentary. Um, And I think it was Steve Round that said that he plays like every day is his last day on earth. And he trains like that. And I think that just sums him up to a T. And it's infectious for the fans. You see him working hard, gets the fans on side. Um, I think he's just fantastic. Um, and I think he's just going to get better and better over over the season because 
he looks like such a potent threat going forwards now. And he seems to be adding that in product. Okay, he didn't score at Bournemouth, but he still was threatening. He still showed those glimpses of brilliance that we know that he's got now. Um, so I'm going to cheat a little bit and say those two. Uh, if you get a second one, I mean, I, I it's hard not to say Gabriel Jesus because he's new and exciting, but I yes. do love Bukayo Saka as, as a man, oh, yeah. as a person. You know, like I just, if I was to pick my second one, it would be him um, as a player as well. I do think he's, he's, you know, and everyone's sort of going, oh, he seems a bit quiet at the moment. And you're sort of going, just wait, just wait, just yeah. wait with Bukayo. He's fine. He's fine. Um Lovely. All right, is it time for, um, and we probably need to create a jingle, Tom, for Chris's corner? I'll work on it tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> or next week, or, or next month. At some point, we'll get a jingle, we'll get a jingle for Chris's corner. Chris's corner. Chris's corner. There you go. Um, okay, Chris is gone. Right, so this is an exciting one this week because Chris is. Th- th- what made me laugh about this is that usually what Chris does is Chris sends it to me very shortly before the podcast, and that is so that we don't have much time to prepare for it, and it's as genuine and as authentic. Um, a decision as possible. Now, for those that haven't listened before, um, and I'm sure there's loads of new listeners this week after our French 11 last week, um, <laughs> Chris sends us a Arsenal 11 that he wants us to create. Now, last week he wanted us to create a French-speaking 11, and we created that. Um, I heard from another friend of the podcast, Sammy, that uh, her husband, Simon, was not happy that we didn't even speak about Colo Torre in the yeah, French 11. Regrets. So right. we do live with, with regrets, but would he have usurped Pascal Sigon? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> would he have usurped David Grondin? <laughs> No, no, <laughs> no. Um, anyway, so today Chris has decided to give us a bit more of a heads up because Andre is having to shoot off to the airport later on um, to go on a, a summer summer training camp. Yeah, yeah. Um, when you do as many podcasts as we do, we've done the pre-season, I need to just go for some warm weather training to just make sure you know my <laughs> larynx stays at uh, a high quality. Yeah. Excellent. So... What he's texted us today is, he said, Romania squad famously all dyed their hair blonde at the 1998 World Cup. Can you put together an Arsenal 11 of naturally blonde players? Um, Now, our immediate response to this was, Andre said we might need a few peroxide passes. (laughs) So, um, I factored that in. There are a couple that kind of bridge that gap in in terms of my suggestions but I think Andre you've done a bit of research into this if uh well, well I, I did because at first I literally couldn't think of anyone yeah. I was like I've got I've got you know uh, and look I, I need to be really clear here some of these may not be blonde I'm I, all right, I I'm, in the, I'm in the same say, I'm in the same boat as you where I was struggling know, with some of these <laughs> I mean, the the most bl- the blondest player we've had is, is Odegaard. Yeah. So so he 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 probably is captain. But we'll start in goal. Um, I mean, I've obviously gone away. Did you have any goalkeepers? 
Uh, I've gone for uh, a slight cheat. You haven't got Manuel Almunia, have you? I have got Manuel Almunia. He's my peroxide <laughs> pass. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Obviously, he sprung to mind. But let me tell you, you've missed Mark out Poon? on our current goalkeeper. Yeah, no. We Again, I spoke to my brother about this. And I always seem to neglect current players. And I yes. don't know why that is. I just I just instantly go back 20 years or however <laughs> long. <laughs> okay, so, so you've gone Mark Poon before Alex Manninger. Oh, there's so many why you think about it. So we've got we've got to we've got to agree on this, by the way. We can't have we've got to have a, yeah, a I, confirmed well, me, team. So. It's got to be Alex Manninger. Okay, I mean, let's go Alex Manninger. But, yeah, but for for excitement. Now now the first defender I wrote down yeah. um was Stepanovs. I I looked him up earlier to see if I thought he was blonde. Was he blonde? He looked blonde. I, I think we can let. I think we'll let that one go. Yeah, I think but, we'll say he's blonde. Did you? Did you have another centre half? Because I, I, I do, and I couldn't believe I didn't think of this sooner. Uh, the other centre half I've gone for is Callum Chambers. Okay, and well, I'm not look, sure. Th- he's another one that I'm not quite sure on. on he doesn't on immediately colour. strike me as blonde, but I've got purr. Oh. What am I doing? What am I doing, <laughs> Mr. Grayson? So, are we happy to go with Dinos Stepanovs and Permertazaka? I mean, there's there's not a lot of pace there, is there? But I think we're going to have to go for it. <laughs> okay, well, right back is really hard because we will never know if Bakary Sanya's hair was or wasn't blonde, but he was <laughs> he was in the French, <laughs> he was in He's... the French eleven. He's he was, but he's who I had written down because well, he's the most blonde player we've ever had. <laughs> is Lee Dixon not blonde? I don't think he is. I think he's brown hair. I'm 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 strong with that. I, 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 should we put I a question we... mark over Bakri Sanya and we maybe come back to him? Yeah. All right. I'll, left back. I'll, left back. Right. We've got two options here. Right. So potentially. Would you consider Nacho Monreal blonde or brown hair? I would consider him blonde. Okay, so you want him, yeah? I've written him down, but I have got another option. Well, the other option I've got is Seb Larson. Right, you've done it again. Who is our current left back? <sighs> yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How have I gone Seb Larson before Alexander Zinchenko? Don't get me wrong, I've got Seb Larson in my on my bench. <laughs> So just yeah, but I think it has to be Nacho. Yeah, Nacho is there. So okay, so <laughs> Seb could go right back. To be fair, oh, he could, he could. But the, the, you know, we might, we might have to play three at the back as well. So okay, so to be fair, again, <laughs> Stepanos and Monreal as a three at the back that has no pace whatsoever. <laughs> Monreal is right with the three. He's, you're right with. <laughs> yeah, should we go with the three? Yeah, all right. Okay, Five three midfielders. Five okay. midfielders. We know Odegaard is in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got... Well, I've got Zinchenko in centre midfield. I'm happy with that. And and I've got my third centre midfielder as Smith Rowe. I'm happy with that as well. I think that's... Uh, um, I, or or, yeah, Ma- or one, Matt Smith. The, <laughs> the one that I might, I might jump in and say... Potentially Emmanuel Petit. Oh my God! Do you know I what? think him in, instead of in. Emmanuel Smith Rowe. Yeah, 
you know, I hadn't thought of petite. That's really good. That's really good, okay. Tom. Okay, sorry, right, we'll go petite. You, 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 you seem to just skirt over Matt Smith. Just checking that was intentional. That FA Cup winner Matt Smith. <laughs> you, okay, fine. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, okay. I, I mean, it, it was close, but I'm struggling to get him in there. <laughs> All right, so so right wing back. Um, I mean, this is, is Ray Parler blonde? I had an argument with my brother about this because I proposed Ray Parler and he said, well, it's Ginger. And I was like, yeah, but back, he's... historically, he's he's very red-headed. Between the two. Yeah, yeah. so he's between he's the fair. two. He's fair. I, th- I think if we're if we're considering that Bakri Sanya might have had a slot in this, um, I think Ray Parler can certainly slot in on the right hand side. Okay, okay, all right. I've got one player for the left. Um, again, this is our uh, oh, Is he is he blonde? No, no, he's no. Brown you, hair. Oh, that's flat. Okay, I'm ruling okay. that one out. <laughs> All right. Well, then, then we might need to slot. Okay. Well, well, who then? Um. All right. I've got one. I've got one. Yeah. Was Nicholas Bentner blonde? Well, I've got Bentner written down, but if if you have he got played, ben- he played off that side quite a lot under Wenger. Doesn't yeah, he ma- did. Not not he successfully did, but- a lot of the time. But- Hang on. But who have you got up front? Because you Dennis. Dennis. And. Well, if we're going, are we going three at the back? Are we going three yeah, got, five? Two. two. Yeah, so it's going to have to be Dennis and, and Bentner up top. Well, hang on, hang on. So then we're struggling on the left. Arturo Lupoli. I'm just... <laughs> <laughs> oh, some of these are great. <laughs> the only thing we could do is Ramsey and Xhaka have both peroxided. So is Ozil. Oh. Do I mean, you that... put Ozil out on the left? At left wing back. I probably... Yeah. <laughs> probably wouldn't do <laughs> We could put Jinchenko out left and then have Ozil A in the middle. A midfield of Petit, Odegaard and Ozil. I mean, I'd watch it. I'd watch it, but I don't think they're beating our French speaking 11 from last week. <laughs> Not even close. Not even close. But I think we've done a great job here. So, so just to confirm, that is Alex Manninger in goal. Three of Dixon, Stepanovs, no, not Dixon, sorry, Per, Stepanovs, and Monreal. Yeah. A midfield trio of Petit, Ozil, Odegaard, wingbacks, <laughs> Ray Parler and Zinchenko, and then up front, Bergkamp and Bentner. Wow. It's not great. <laughs> right. We do need to we need to consider our substitutes as well. So well, well, Ramsdale's the subkeeper. Ramsdale has that. to be, yeah. And then Seb Larson, I think. Utility man. Yeah. Um, Matt, you're not having Matt Smith. <laughs> <laughs> well, give me Loopily then. I. Oh, Matt Smith is blonder and he's won a trophy. So should we go Matt Smith? <laughs> <laughs> You've changed your mind quickly. Um, Emil Smith-Rowe has to be on the bench. Smith-Rowe, Smith-Rowe on the bench. Uh, yeah, all right, all right. We can't need Matt Smith. And Lupoli. I mean, I can't think of anyone else. Should we go Lupoli? Okay. Well, (laughs) (laughs) that is quite the team. Quite the team. So I hope Chris is going to be happy with that one. Um, I'm happy with that. (laughs) Uh, Uh, There's going to be someone we think of in about an hour. 
yes, I look forward to the text whilst you're you're rushing to the airport, um, and you'd be like. I'm in a bit of a rush, but I've just had a thought. <laughs> yeah, let's quickly re-record. <laughs> uh, right, anything else you want to want to discuss this week, Andre? No, I think it's just just keep the good times rolling. We probably um, might even get a three for one in the next podcast with a midweek game. So um, let's wait and see. Let's wait and see. Well, I think all I'd like to say is that I went to because I couldn't get a ticket for Bournemouth. I went to Barnet, who are who are my second team. And they went top of the league uh, at five o'clock and Arsenal went top of the league at half seven. And I really am drinking it in because, you know, things like this won't last forever. But um, God, it's great looking at the table right now. Really is, really is. Um, Okay, so if you'd like to see what we're up to on social media, you can follow us on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook by searching for the boys in red and white. Um, and you can also go to our website where I have done some writing and I'm in the process of writing another piece about um, a trip to Crawley Town that I did uh, on Tuesday night. So something to look forward to there. Uh, <laughs> and if you'd like to see and read that, then I'll share that on our social media channels. But you can also go to www.theboysinredandwhite.com. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you for your time, Andre, and I hope you have a uh, a lovely little summer break. Yes, thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. I'll come back nice and refreshed, ready for the the proper meaty part of the season to get going. Absolutely. I look forward to uh, the next time I see you, and I look forward to recording another podcast very soon. Thank you, and goodbye. <laughs>